Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. From time to time on Living Truth Radio, we have other pastors who share from the Word of God. And we have a special privilege early on in the book of Genesis in hearing from Pastor Mel Campbell. Now, Pastor Mel Campbell has an interesting insight into the book of Genesis because he is a scientist and he has a degree in physics. And so I think it's really interesting to hear from Pastor Mel on the subject of the book of Genesis. I'd like to introduce to you Pastor Mel Campbell, teaching from the book of Genesis. Tune on in. I think you're going to be blessed. Uh, We're in a subject that I absolutely love to, to talk about. And last service, boy, I was, I was going, the mouth was dry, and I couldn't stop. And, and I look up, and the pastor pitied me. He looked, he, <laughs> he looked upon me, and he said, Mel, take two. Take, take two. So, uh, so I could breathe, and uh, we could finish uh, what needed to be finished. But uh, when he told me that we were going to do, that uh, God is leading him to Genesis, and uh, he wanted us to spend a little time at the very beginning, I felt like a kid who was just told, you can go into that candy store and get as much as you want. Do as much as you want. Last night, you can ask my wife, I'm not kidding, at some point, I felt like that same kid that you, I mean, found around the corner, laid out on the street, uh, OD'd on pixie sticks, you know, or whatever. Just, uh, I, I just, I, I was just out. I was just out of it because there's so much and um, it's just so rich uh, in here. So uh, I can slow down a little bit um, uh, today and um, really dig and dig into the Word of God. Like I've said um, oftentimes, the Word of God has many gold nuggets there. And, and it's for us to dig, dig in and, and find those gold nuggets. And I said that last time, I think it was a couple of Wednesday nights ago, and someone reminded me at the end, yeah, pastor, but once you find those gold nuggets, you got to make sure you give them away. And I thought that was spot on, you know. So there's lots of gold in here in these passages, and they're precious. It's very precious. And so um, get it Dig for it, find them, and make sure you think about giving them, uh, giving them away. That's your ministry, and that's what God has called us to. Amen. Lord, we bless you for today, and we thank you again for your um, grace and your mercy and your kindness upon us. Lord, thank you for that rain yesterday. We thank you, Lord, for how you know when we need it and how much we need and, and the why. And Lord, that was just, um, we were thirsty, our souls as well as the ground was thirsty for your rain. So we thank you, Lord. Uh, We thank you for today, today's sunshine and the rain to follow if that's uh, um, what you've ordained. But Lord, you shower your mercies upon us every day. And we bless you for that. We want to pause this morning. We want to clear our hearts and clear our minds to bless you, to thank you, Lord God, for those things that you've um, given us. We take nothing for granted. So now, Lord, I pray that you would clear hearts and minds so that we could receive what you would have us to receive this morning. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill everyone here. Lead us and guide us closer to you. You are a God who wants to be known, personal. And Lord God, we pray that we will do just that today, draw nearer to thee. We bless you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Um, Pastor um, started in Genesis last week, Genesis 1, 1 and 1, 2, and he uh, really set the, 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 the foundation for uh, chapters 1 um, and chapters 2 in, in Genesis. 
It's amazing. We start in verse three. That's what we're going to pick up this morning. Uh, where God's word says, let there be light. That's where I'm going to start. His word says, let there be light. It's the first spoken words by God in the Bible. And they're profound. Let there be light. And there was light. Well, I get stuck on just the let there be light part. Light. Light is a cool thing. It's an interesting thing. It's an interesting phenomenon. To this very day, we're confused about light. Because light has two natures. And we didn't like that. It was contradictory at first, you know, and still is. Light's a wave. It behaves like a wave. No, life's, I mean, um, um, light is a particle. It acts like packets of energy. And we've done experiments. We did experiments and, and it showed or demonstrated, oh, it's just packets of energy. We call photons. No, it's a wave. And they're two different things. It's not, um, they're very different things. At some point, we just had to bow. The physicist bowed and said, light is both. We say the dual nature of light. It acts like a wave and it acts like a particle, an, a, a packet of, of energy, uh, an object like an electron, a proton, a neutron. Neutron, we call it a photon. And so it's both. And we've bowed to it and, and it was very uncomfortable initially. Um, uh, so, but we had to do that. That's what it was showing. It's amazing to me how we can bow to that. Two different natures, and not just different, little bit, completely opposite natures, light is. And we have to bow to that because that's what our experiments force us to. But we have a hard time saying that God can come as a man and have the nature of God and man, two distinct and different natures. And there are scientists who would have a hard time with that. But we bow to light. And light, uh, light is just that. It is really contradictory. And there are um, um, physicists today who still wrestle with what this light is. Well, I couldn't start today without my little laser light, laser pen. I want to show you something interesting about light. There's some cool things about light. One, if I turn this laser light on and ask you, can you see that beam? Can you see this light? Well, yeah, if you're looking up there. You might be able to see it. Or, yeah, if you're looking at the screen up there, the Genesis screen, you can see that dot. But my question is this. Can you see this light in between? No, you can't. At the, um, the only way you can see this light is if it hits something. If it bounces off my shirt, if it bounces off the screen, light is invisible. That's crazy. It's an interesting thought. And we don't think about it because we, we're in this room going, I see light. There's a lot of light in here. There's a lot of light in this room. You don't see the light. You see the light bouncing off of things. You see the light bouncing off of me. That's why you can see. We see because light strikes an object and reflects off that object. We can see that object. If I turned all the lights out and closed all the doors and shut all, uh, rolled all the blinds down and it was completely dark in here, we couldn't see because there's no light reflecting off of the chair or the floor or the person next to you. And so we can't see. We call that darkness. Darkness is actually the absence of light. Well, we see when light reflects off of something. Two things. I can see the light reflecting off of it. It hits the roof. It bounces off the roof and into my eye. Now I can see the light. But unless it bounces off or something, I'm not, it's not going to bounce in my eye. I can't see it. <clears throat> But it also illuminates the ceiling. 
light bounces off the ceiling. I can see the light reflected back in my eye. And the ceiling is illuminated. Light illuminates. Light um, shows and light um, allows us to see objects. We can read light. We can tell a lot of interesting things from reading light. Um, White light that's coming from the fixtures above your head is composed of every color, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, all combined together, all together. And when that, white, when that light combines together, it combines as white light. It, it's white. That's what we see. And so that white light is striking my shirt. And my shirt is made of a pigment that doesn't absorb anything. It kicks out. It reflects every single color. So that light strikes my shirt. It kicks them all out. All of them hit you in the eye. You see my shirt is white. This white light comes and it strikes the chair. This chair is made of a pigment. The cloth that's covering it is made of a pigment that soaks up every color except red. It kicks out red. So the red is kicked out. It strikes my eye. I see the, the chair is red. So in the physics sense, the chair is every color but red, really. It absorbs everything. It soaks up everything. It kicks out the red. And the red hits my eye. I see the red. That's how we see color, different colors. That shirt absorbs everything except blue. It kicks blue out. Light is fascinating. There's a lot of great things that we can learn from light. The light that's coming off this chair allows me, I can read it. It allows me to tell you the temperature of that chair. Um, the, the, um, um, I can look at it in a way that tells me the texture of the chair, the light, com- the light coming from things really allows us to gain a lot of information from objects. Well, that's fascinating. Light, what it is, what it does, what it can do. It illuminates. It allows us to see. Black, by the way, black is not a color. Black is the absence of color. So white light strikes a black shirt. That shirt absorbs everything. It kicks nothing out. And so my eyes don't see anything striking it. My eye sees black. That's what we call black. Black is the absence of color. So anything black is absorbing everything, not reflecting anything. White is just the, op- uh, white is just the opposite. White reflects everything. Well, color, when we see red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, color, there are colors that are out there that we cannot see. Do you know that? The electromagnetic spectrum is what we call colors. The the, the visible colors, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, that's just a small piece of the electromagnetic spectrum. There are lots of colors. Our eyes can only see those, though, that small band. But do you know X-rays? That's a color. Our eyes just can't see it. Gamma rays, microwaves, radio waves, those are colors. So in science, we call it electromagnetic radiation. Fancy word for colors. There are colors you and I cannot see. Infrared, ultraviolet. Honeybees see in ultraviolet. They see things that are there that our eyes cannot see. There are other animals that can see in infrared. They see things that our eyes can't see. They They see colors. Those are colors. Do you know that when you look out, and we, if we made this room absolutely black, pitch black, so that we couldn't see anything, our military could, couldn't they? They come in here with what? Those night goggles, those night vision goggles? 
because they're not looking at the color, the colors that we are used to seeing with our eyes. They can make a machine that can see the other colors, infrared, ultraviolet, other things. And so the room could be pitch black to us, but lit up to them. It's amazing. Light illuminates. Light makes known um, that which it touches and it reflects, uh, reflects from. Well, it's interesting to me that God said, let there be light first. Because this is a question I asked. Lord, what do you want us to see in this chapter? Do you know that God didn't have to start off Genesis the way he did in the beginning? God created heavens and earth. To me, I, I'm thinking he didn't have to start that way. He could have just said, God created Adam and Eve and then gave them a choice. And then they blew it. And then all this stuff, you know, <laughs> and could have started the story from there. Right. God made Adam and Eve and gave them a choice and then went on from there. But he didn't. He decided to give us Genesis one first. Lord, what do you want us to see in this Genesis one chapter? What do you want us to know from it? Let there be light. He wants us to see something. So this is where this is what I believe he wants us to see. He wants us to see two things. One, that he did it. He wants you to know and the scientists to know, the atheists to know, the non-believer to know, everyone to know that he did it. And there's no other possibility. That's why I think he gave us Genesis one. He, he spelled out creation. He didn't have to. Day one, day two. Day three. He didn't have to do that. He took his time with creation. Why? He could have just spoke and everything just popped into existence and everything be there and everything just get started. But he didn't. He decided I'm going to take my time. They decided I'm going to take my time. We're going to create and we're going to. My question is, Lord, why? What do you why did you do it that way? Why did you do it in six days? You can do it so instantly. Well, he wants us to know that it was him who did it. And then two, he wants with each day, I believe, to tell us something about him, something about himself. And that's why I believe, just me personally, believe that he decided to do it in six days instead of doing it instantly. At the end of every day, at the end of every day, he wanted me to know something more about him. And that's the way we look at it. So if you're a note taker, and you've got the notes uh, page um, from the booklet, from your bulletin, I would take that notes page and split it in half. This is how I'm going to go today. I split it in half. We're going to go day one, day two, day three. That's on the left side of the page. Day three, day, I'm sorry, day four, day five, and day six are on the opposite page opposite each other. For example, day one and day four should be next to each other, opposite sides. Day two and day five next to each other. They go together. Day three and day six, they go together. That's the structure of Genesis one. And day one, God says, let there be light. He creates light and then he separates that light from the darkness. Let there be light. And there was light. He called that light day and a, and a darkness he called night, but he separated the two. Day one, there's a creation and a separation. And then he stopped. He just created light, separated from the darkness and stopped. Did nothing else. And by the way, that day, that day was one day. 
there is no reason in Genesis to take that day to be anything other than a day. Not a million years, not a billion years, not some eon, not some age. The text flows. It says there was evening, there was morning, day one. The Jews to this very day reckon their days that way. The day doesn't start at midnight. The day doesn't start at sunrise. The day starts at sunset. And the next day doesn't start until the next sunset. So sunset to sunset is the day. And that's the way the Jews reckon their calendar even today. They took it as a day. It was written plain. There's lots of arguments for why it could be longer and why it could be whatever. But the text is just plain. Evening and the morning, day one. 24 hours. That's what God set up. It's just plain. And that's the way I take it. That's the way I think it should be taken. Plain, unless otherwise indicated. So he created light on the first day and then he separated it from darkness. Day two, he creates something else and he separates. And then doesn't do anything else. Day three, he creates something and he just separates. He creates and separates. That's it. And then does nothing for the rest of the day. God didn't do anything. He just sat around. Here's light. Let there be light. There's light. And he separated the light and the darkness. And he rested. Or he did did nothing else. He didn't create anything else. He just created the light and separated it. Three days later, he creates the sun, the moon, and the stars. The things that the light is associated with. That was day four. That's interesting. God created the light, and then he waited three days to do something with with light. That's interesting. Day two. Day two, he creates the heavens. I mean, the, the, the expanse, the, the sky and space. Out, outer space. That whole, exp- that, that word is used for both. The, the heavens. He created this, this, the air, the atmosphere. He created that and he separated that from the water. Water above, water below. But he creates this expanse that we call sky and space. And he, and he separated that from the water that was below it and the water that was above it. So he created and he separated. Then God waited for three days. Day five, he filled that sky and that sea. Why did he wait three days? What was he doing? Interesting. For me, day three. Day three, he creates dry land. He separates. He creates and separates dry land and the water. And then he waits three days. He waits three days to fill the land. Well, that's interesting. Why did he wait three days? What was God doing? What was he doing? Just, he was just... I like that number three. That's all I'm going to leave you with. I got speculations myself, but I think it's interesting. Day one, he creates something and waits three days to complete it in that sense. Day two... He creates something and then waits three days to complete that, to do something with it. And day three, he did the same thing. Creates the dry land and then he waits three days, day six, to fill it with things. Why would God do that? Why did he take days to do it? Why did he do it this way? Well, I believe, again, for two reasons. One, he wants you to know that he did it and that nature didn't. 
There's no other way. There's no other option. There's no other way. And he wants us to know a little bit about him at the end of each day. It's almost like he said, I'm going to do this in six days so that at the end of each day, you can pause. I don't need to. So you can pause and think about it. Think about what I just did. And what does that mean? And what does that show? And what does that demonstrate about me and who I am? He chose to do it this way to let us know him. He is a God who wants to be known. And that is a wonderful thing. There's so many people in, in, who think, uh, you know, that there might be something out there, but unreachable, unknowable, untouchable. I can't touch him with my feelings and my infirmities and my, and my pains and my hurts. There's so many people who believe that. He is a God who wants to be known. And that's why he set up creation the way he did. Instead of just saying, boom, it's here and it's all here. He wants you to see something about him every day. In, uh, in that creation. So that's what I want to look at. What he's doing each day in that creation. And what it reveals about him. And the science behind it. The scientists know what science says. What it tells us. They just don't want to believe what it's saying. There's no problem. We have no issue. Scientists and theologians have no issue with what we see. The data. It's the interpretation of that data that is the problem, and that's the issue. It's the will of man that's the problem, um, and that's it. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at each day. We're going to look each day and look at what God is revealed revealed to us about himself each one of those days. So you ready? To dig in? Genesis 1.1, Pastor Michael dealt with, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Boom, it's here. God creates space, time, Energy and matter, and it's here. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare your glory. The heavens have been saying that all along, that God created. That there was nothing, and then there was something. Science comes along, and we say, the the Big Bang, um, um, there are lots of Christians who don't want to believe in the Big Bang, who don't believe in the Big Bang. I don't believe in the Big Bang. I believe in the big beginning. There was a big beginning. Um, God did that. Um, But not the Big Bang. But let me tell you what science is showing that they're calling the Big Bang. The Big Bang theory says this. In the beginning, there was nothing. And then that nothing exploded. That's the Big Bang theory. Do you think they want that to be true? They don't. They hate the idea of the Big Bang. They don't want the Big Bang to be true. They've been forced to swallow and accept it because that's what the science demands. Time had a beginning. Um, Stephen Hawking, everybody knows Stephen Hawking? Roger, Pen- Roger Penrose and George Ellis in the, in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, they wrote some papers. They used Einstein's equations. Einstein's equations to demonstrate, they, they started from there, to demonstrate that time and space had a beginning. It was just undeniable. The science is forcing us to understand that time began in space. The Big Bang didn't happen. The beginning didn't happen in space. There was this big old empty space, and there was this Big Bang. That's not the Big Bang. The Big Bang theory says this. There was no space. There was no time. There was no energy. There was no matter. There was nothing, and that nothingness exploded, and everything that is was here. Whew. They don't like that idea. They don't like the idea that time in the universe started at all. 
And so Genesis 1 tells us, oh, it started. The science tells us, oh, it started. But now that's scary. That's scary because what does it tell the scientists now? What does that tell them about God? Well, if time had a beginning, that means God is outside of that. If space had a beginning, that means God is outside of that. He's not confined to that. There's no issues with God growing old. How old is God? When did God start? Now, that's an interesting question, but he's outside of time. If he created time, created this space, he's outside of that. I don't have an issue with, with God and age and time. He's not confined to that like we are. That's what it says. It says that he is out in, uh, uh, beyond all that. He's uh, not constrained by that. Sir Arthur Eddington, this famous astrophysicist, British astrophysicist, he said this. The idea that the world, that this universe, that time began is repugnant to me. That's the exact word he used, repugnant. That's terrible. Scientists aren't supposed to use words like that. If the science says this, the science says that, that's what it is. Truth is truth. But he expressed what a lot of scientists feel, uh, felt. I hate the idea that the Bible was right, that Genesis 1 was right, that this universe began. Because they want the universe to be infinite, eternal, forever. And that's interesting, too. Scientists were able to say, oh, the universe, for a long time, the universe is infinite. The universe is eternal. It's always been here. They allow for the universe to be infinite and eternal but then they have a hard time with saying God is infinite and eternal. Well, who made God? And when did God begin? And, when, and they, they ask those questions, but they're ready, willing, and able to accept that the universe is that. They're looking for a God. They're looking for something to serve. It's just not the God of the Bible. But the Bible says clearly it started, and that's disturbing. Psalm 19 says this, the heavens declare the glory of God. Um, their, um, their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day, in, uh, day to day, it pours forth speech. And night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech. There are no words where their voice is not heard. Psalm 19 starts off that way, talking about um, what the heavens are declaring to the people, to us. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry, and we have an opportunity to expand our reach. We exist to build up believers and reach out with the gospel to others. And we need you, our listening family, to partner with us in prayer and in giving in order to do that. You can give in a couple different ways. One way is to go online to livingtruthradio.org, or you can send in your offering to Living Truth Christian Fellowship, 1009 Arsenal Way, Corona, California, 92. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.